Hi everyone, it's Mark and Annette with Trail Angels powered by Karen Malode. For the last how many weeks, Annette, number of weeks, we've been uh, talking about emotional resilience. It's been a great opportunity as we've studied and we have learned some of these specific skills again and again. I think each time we go over this, um, different things pop out. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this opportunity as we've had a chance to learn and to and to grow ourselves as we've tried to incorporate some of the uh, tools, some of the skills that we've been studying into our own lives. And uh, our, our desire really is to share these tools with you, to help you to understand, to grow and to progress yourself. You know, we have just reached the two-year anniversary of COVID. Wow. You know, in, in some ways, it seems like it was just yesterday. In other other ways, it seems like it was forever ago. Forever ago is right. And, you know, we have identified during that time some of the limitations that we have that maybe we didn't know. Because during that time, we've had to be resilient. We've had to grow. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've had to progress in our in our own thinking patterns. We've had to recognize that maybe life as we used to know it, number one, first of all, it's not there anymore. And secondly, I don't know if it ever will be the it same won't. again. It, it, it won't. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that because I don't, I don't want to go through something really hard and difficult like it has been the last two years and not have grown. You know, that's a great point, Annette. And I, I remember six years ago, we made a very quick but very conscious decision to to move. Mm-hmm. We had lived in the same house for 26 years. We'd raised our family there, and it was a great experience in, in living in that place. It was home. We, we lived on a couple of acres. We had a huge garden, and, and uh, everything that uh, we had done, we had done during that 26 years, uh, put in gardens, put in orchards, you know, basketball courts, climbing walls, and things that the kids could have a great time with. And one day we just decided, I'm not going to say it was on a whim, but it kind of was. It was. <laughs> uh, because because whims are not me. And It and, was a whim for me. Let's put it that way. I think you had been you had been pondering things a little more than I had. But we made that decision to build a new home in a new community. And... As we thought more and more about it, and I'm speaking probably more of myself, but maybe I'm speaking for you as well, Annette, that during that time, as we as we made that move, we had concerns. We thought, oh, no, you know, we've, we've been doing the same thing for 26 years. I'm afraid of change. I'm afraid of doing something a little bit different. But from that experience, and I'm just going to put you on the spot. What have you learned from that experience? Wow. Um, Yeah, you are putting me on the spot. I've learned so many things. I've learned about trusting, trusting that inner feeling of we're supposed to live here, you know, and, and something that, like you said, it was, it was on a whim a little bit, but it wasn't it. I look at it now as something that was divinely orchestrated and it solved problems that I no, I don't want to say I ignored the problems. I just didn't feel like there was a solution to the problem of the stress and in the, you know, all the memories, you know, there were good and they're bad. You're talking about all these memories, but that was very difficult there 
the last few years. And especially because that, you know, was where our son, our son passed away when he had his accident and then he was buried, you know, just a few blocks from our home. And so it was always this reminder and it always brought up something within me. And so I just figured that's how life was going to be. So we moved here and it went away. And would it also be fair to say that it gave us a chance to reinvent ourselves? It completely gave us a chance to reinvent ourselves. And to, when you talk about reinventing, it was like, wow, we had a clean slate. No one, no one knew us. No one um, knew of our past struggles. And we had a clean slate with, we had new, you know, if we, we needed to make new friends new associates, our new neighbors. And so it was choices that we made. Okay, how are we? We didn't have children living with us. So how are we going to get to meet our neighbors and and have something in common with them if we didn't put forth an effort? Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, as I have reflected on this question over and over throughout the last six years, I've recognized that while change can sometimes be painful, it can also be very liberating as well. Whether we change where we live, whether we change uh, situations within relationships, whether we change a job, all of these things have a chance and a way to help us to grow and to progress. And and really, we're going to be talking about uh, growing. We're going to be talking about uh, problem solving a little bit today as we talk about anger and uh, overcoming anger. Now, you, you might think that those two things are are, are not uh, respective of one another, making decisions versus anger. But we're going to share with you today just how true it really is, is that the decisions that we make really affect how we are able to enjoy what we have in front of us, regardless of what that is in front of us. And so we would encourage you to grab your favorite hot beverage, Find a peaceful place. Make sure that you have a notebook and a pen that you can write down some ideas because this isn't so much about Mark and Annette sharing ideas as it is you being able to incorporate some of the thoughts that you have in your mind, some of the thoughts that you have in your heart, and some of those thoughts that you might even have spiritually that will allow you to enjoy the journey to a greater degree. Now, as you know, we've been talking about uh, different aspects of emotional resilience. We talked about some of the building blocks uh, in our first session and how do we build emotional resilience. Then we talked about having healthy thinking patterns. We talked about our bodies and emotions. We talked about stress and anxiety and how we can better manage those, those issues that we deal with in our lives. Remember last time we visited and we talked about sadness and depression. And we gave you some tools as to how you can better and better build your life regarding those times that you are going to be sad and depressed. And it's not a matter with all of these tools that we're talking about. It's not a matter of whether or not you do experience the sadness, the depression, the difficulties, the anxieties that you have. It's a matter of when. Exactly. We, each of us, will experience these things. And... And they're not bad. And they don't mean something's wrong. But they're opportunities to learn and grow. 
During the last few years, as Annette and I have been doing these podcasts, as we've been talking to others throughout the world, we have learned and we have gained a greater appreciation that difficulties can sometimes and hopefully most all times result into something that becomes very positive in your life. We have found that uh, those that experience uh, difficulties really have choices that they can make. They can either become better or they can stay bitter. Sometimes we see people that uh, don't change out of that bitter mode after dealing with a difficulty in their lives. And so when we talk about the fact that we have choices to make, it truly is a choice, especially as we're talking about anger today. I just want to share an experience that... um, just came into my mind as we've been visiting here. And this is something that, that I, I, I had a problem. I I did have a lot of anger and our children were young. And, and I found that I, I yelled a lot and, and I didn't like that about me. And that was something that, um, something how we just grew up that way, that that was kind of how you communicated in the home that I was in. And that's how you resolve conflict. And that's how you resolve conflict. And, um, but here in our family, it, it wasn't right and it didn't feel right. And, and, um, and I didn't like it about me. And so it was something that I consciously had to work on. I had to, re- I mean, I, I just had to look at it. And it wasn't pleasant to look at why I reacted the way I reacted. And, um, but what, why I'm sharing this story and this experience is because I changed. I changed how I responded. I changed how I communicated. And um, it's, it's seldom Seldom that I raise my voice. That's in, true. In anger. Yeah. You, you know, when I when I hear that, Annette, uh, I, I think back and I think that uh, we, we live in a different time. Mm-hmm. And we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about emotions. We've learned a lot about how to deal with grief, how to deal with stress and, and anxiety. And I think that it was very easy, maybe growing up, that uh, the easiest way to deal with anxiety or stress was was to articulate in a non-productive way. That's is, that, way. is that a good way to put That's it? That's a great way of putting it. Uh, and, and we found that uh, as we, you know, you've been in, we've all been argue, in arguments before. You find that uh, it's your way or it's their way. And very seldom when we have those kinds of uh, communications, those kinds of uh, uh, difficult conversations, do we come out with both of us getting our way? And, and you know, it's, it's okay that, uh, that both of us can win in, in those kind of situations. And I think that we have this impression sometimes, Annette, that it's either I win or you win. There can't be any winning in the middle. And, and that's where the thought process needs to change. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll be talking about thought process. We'll be talking about choices and we're going to talk about the importance of making quick, 
split-second decisions sometimes. And those decisions can be very difficult to make unless we perhaps have studied it out in our minds in the past and have made conscious decisions as to how we're going to react. You know, it's it's interesting because uh, very often when we when we uh, look at uh, our lives, we we look at uh, we look at uh, how we either act or react, mm-hmm. and sometimes we just act just because it's it's the easiest thing to do. Sometimes we react based on cultural experiences, based on our home experiences, based on the way that uh, we have, uh, have have learned how to uh, to deal with conflict. But we want to talk today as well about uh, the difference between responding versus reacting, and 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 that's very important that you recognize. And if you haven't done so already on your on in your journal, write those words: respond versus react. And then ask yourself, am I a responder or am I a reactor? And we'll talk about the differences. They are different. And it's an interesting an interesting activity that we'll have. So let's start. I want to share with you a story. And uh, you're going to think it's kind of odd, especially as we're talking about overcoming anger. But it illustrates a point that we want to make with you today. So, Annette, do you want to share that, that story? Sure. So these two men, they formed a partnership and they built this small shed along the side of a road and it was a busy road. They obtained a truck and they drove to a farmer's field and they were able to purchase a truckload of melons for a dollar for each melon. So then they drove back to their to their shed that they build along the road and they sold these melons for a dollar a melon. Can you see there might be a problem here? (laughs) They drove back to the farmer's field, bought another truckload, the melons for a dollar. Then they transported them back to the roadside shed. And again, they sold them for a dollar. As they drove back toward the farmer's field again to, to purchase another truckload, One partner said to the other, we're not making much money (laughs) 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 on this business, are we? No, we're not, his partner replied. Do you think we need a bigger truck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay, That might not solve the problem. (laughs) We we can see all kinds of uh, holes in this story here. First of all, I, I just have to say that neither one of these men really should be in the in the in business, business world. world. <laughs> uh, no. It's so so. What are the issues? What are the real problems here in the story? They identified what they thought was the problem. They needed a bigger truck because they're selling these melons as quickly as they can take them to the street corner. They identified the wrong problem, though, and I think that's what we're getting to, isn't it? Oh, so sometimes what you're saying, maybe we identify the wrong problem as we're dealing with anger issues. And and the truck wasn't the problem. So they they identified something as the problem, but that wasn't the problem. Okay, so so let's do this for a second. I've got a situation for you, Annette. Mm. A uh, little bit of a different story, but kind of a similar type of an outcome. You know, it's been a long winter. 
And here we are in March, and I am so excited for spring, I can't even begin to tell you. It snowed about six, seven inches at our home yesterday, and as I was looking at the snow, I could see the daffodils and the tulips that were pushing up out of the snow a little bit. Now, they haven't started to bloom yet, but it, it's a sign that spring is on its way. And I'm excited for that. And, some, and sometimes I think that as a people, as a society, we get the, I think we call them the winter blues. Do we get the winter blues sometimes? And so how do we deal with the winter blues? Maybe the best thing to do is to realize that if I were just to pull the covers up over my head in the morning, instead of getting up, those winter blues will go away. Does that happen? Not really. <laughs> and that's shaking your head. I don't I, think I'm so. I'm shaking my head. No, it doesn't take, so, it doesn't solve the real problem. So let's let's talk about uh, identifying problems with three different three different steps here. So in in the problem with the watermelons, the problem wasn't the fact that they needed a bigger truck. In the problem with the winter blues, it, the problem wasn't the fact that I just didn't want to get up in the morning. That was kind of a result of of my feelings there. But maybe what I should have done. So as we identify the problem, that's that's our first step. What is the real problem? The real problem for these farmers or for these uh, entrepreneurs, if you could call them that, was that they didn't have the skills necessary to realize that uh, that uh, there needed to be a cost differential from what they were buying the watermelons for versus what they were selling them for. You know, I, I'm kind of chuckling, chuckling, chuckling here. Is that even a word? It is. <laughs> And because when you think of these, you talk about these entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, they actually had a couple of steps that were really good. They picked a great spot mm-hmm. to, to, you know, build their, their stand, their, their fruit stand. But like you said, they didn't add to, you know, their costs and have an overhead and all these things. And so analyzing that, they didn't need to give up. But if they analyzed and identified the real problem, okay. they could have been successful. Oh, okay, so so they identified the problem. The problem is, is we're not making any money. Right. So what would typically come next? What would be step number two? Step number two is we need to raise our prices. Well, we need to study the options is what we need to do. Right. Yeah, we need we, to we, study the options. So what are the options there? The, the first option might be, hey, we might just close up shop because we're not making any money. Mm-hmm. The second option might be, well, maybe maybe we could increase the price. Maybe the third option is maybe we could persuade the farmer to sell them to us a little bit cheaper. So, so really what's happening here is there's a number of different considerations that they might have thought of doing. And, and at that point, what do we do? We, we sit back and we study the options. We try to determine what the best solution would be for our particular situation. Now, if I'm sitting in that situation where I've got the winter blues, let's talk about the options there. Well, for me, and one of the options I would suggest for you as, you know, I would share some things that help me to get out of those winter blues. Okay. I would, um, you know, point you you mentioned that the daffodils were coming up. 
Well, I would remind you of the beauty of the daffodils. And, you know, the snow is not going to last much longer. You know, how do we know that? Because the daffodils are coming up. Mm. The days are getting longer. You know, just pointing out some of those things to help you realize and recognize, don't give up. You know, let's not give up on this because it's not that much longer. And, and so so what I'm hearing you say, Annette, is that uh, sometimes maybe in those kind of situations, maybe we need to, instead of looking at the option of just going back to bed, of putting the covers back over our heads, maybe there's better options. Now, that's certainly an option. It to, is an to option. Put, uh, to put the uh, covers over your head and have a Netflix day. And the and it is an option. And sometimes that is the best option. The problem is if that was the choice or the solution day after day after day. But here's the real problem is that if you identify what the real problem was, it was depression. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the fact that I just didn't want to deal with the world that day. Seldom is that the best option of just of dis disregarding the world. You know, so we have to find we so once we identify that, we have to recognize that okay, there are ways that we can do that. And, and you mentioned one of them, you know, and I think going outside and seeing the daffodils, seeing the beautiful snow yesterday morning. I was out shoveling snow and it was beautiful. And even though it was uh, cloudy, even though the snow was coming down and it was kind of dark and dreary, I found the beauty in the falling snow and the solemnity that uh, was outside. And then as I coupled that with being able to see those tulips and daffodils, it just reminded me of the circle of life and how important that was. And so my mind changed by being able to go outside. Mm -hmm. So let's look at some of those ideas. You know, when we talk about the winter blues, so I decided as I was out uh, shoveling snow that I needed to get more exercise. And one of the things I did yesterday is I went for a three mile walk after I had shoveled snow. And this was towards the evening. And uh, again, as Annette mentioned, the days are getting longer. And so it gave me a chance to go out and exercise. But even with that, I had a choice. Could I do it in the early morning? Could I do it at lunchtime? Maybe in a non-productive day, maybe towards the end of the day, I could do that. And so there are decisions within decisions that sometimes we have to make that uh, are equally as important. Because you don't want to add to the stress that's going on in your life. And I uh, should have, I, you know, all these, the should have, could have. But by analyzing the choices within, you know, the decisions within the main decision, it helps you, one, to feel like you do have control. Sometimes when we have the winter blues and we have depression and, and and things like that, we feel like we're out of control. And so by by use utilizing these options of what works best, what solution would work best, how would this be best for me, you you took back some ownership, some control back. And I think that also helped. And and I think that really leads us into the third point of what we're talking about. We've identified the problem, we've studied the options. And then the next thing we need to do is to really just to decide and to act. 
We need to act in good faith, recognizing that if we do make some changes, that those changes will affect us positively. Mm-hmm. So the decision that I made yesterday is I was, and I, and I didn't necessarily have the winter blues, but you you know where I'm going with this. It's, it's something that we all have because it was dark and dreary. And I know that I needed sunshine. I needed exercise. And I made a decision that, uh, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do. I need to exercise more. But part of that deciding and acting was to really build it into my schedule. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I have made a decision to do is to, until I can get back up on the mountain and on my favorite trail that I, that I hike in the spring, summer, and fall, I'll continue to incorporate into my daily life and routine a, a daily walk at a minimum and, and use that as a way of being able to identify the problem. You know, we, we get those endorphins in our bodies that uh, help us to, to change when change is necessary. And sometimes when we don't change, we, we continue to keep those blues. Well, there is just so many positive things that happened to our emotions, physical, spiritual, emotional, you know, intellectual, all of the things when we make a choice, a decision, we, we create a plan, and we act. So, listeners, we would ask you to, to do something now within your journals. We would ask a question, and then we want you to turn or just pause uh, the, uh, the podcast for a moment. But the question is going to be, what are the areas in your life that you would like to improve upon? What are some of the, uh, the issues that maybe you are not looking at in a healthy way? You know, maybe I do, maybe I do have frustrations and I, I just decide I'm going to sleep longer every day and maybe those problems will go away. What can you do? Maybe you have an anger issue with with uh, the driver next to you on the freeway in the morning. And we'll talk about uh, some of those anger triggers that we get. But for a moment, if you would just write down something that you may struggle with, and then using that three-step process, would you please identify the issue, study the options, and then incorporate an idea as you're deciding and acting on what you can do to make the situation a little bit better. So please pause and we'll come back in a second. Okay, we hope that uh, you had a chance to reflect upon an issue that you might struggle with. So I think it's important now that we try to understand anger to a greater degree. You know, Annette, everyone experiences anger, don't they? Oh, we all do. It's something that helps us to to learn, to grow, to master our, our emotions. And I used to feel like anger was, was bad. That meant I was bad. And um, I learned differently. There's, there's a purpose behind it. Explain that a little bit more. How did that make you feel? Or why did you want to feel bad? I didn't want to feel bad. I didn't, but I, I felt like, and I felt like, you know, God's commandments, we love thy neighbor as thyself. But why was I angry? You know, and if I if I admitted that there was some anger there, then that meant I was breaking breaking, you know, God's commandments. And so 
I had to learn. I had to understand. And I had to recognize that that sometimes that anger is appropriate. It's how I let it I learned I let it motivate me for good. Like you said, you can become bitter or better. You don't want to stay in the anger, but it goes back to recognizing these three steps. And you know, one of the things that I just want to read this um, here is that everyone experiences anger. There are countless reasons to feel angry. We can't always control angry feelings, and it is easy to feel justified in our anger. We may even feel better in the moment after expressing anger in aggressive ways. But expressing anger doesn't help us feel better in the long term, and it can result in strained relationships, physical illness, financial loss, and spiritual or even physical damage to self or others. Now, expressing anger in aggressive ways is never, it's, it's never the, the right choice into solving a problem. Um, but for me, when I talk about the anger I have felt in my life, I held it in. But I held it in too long. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that that feeling, and excuse me, and why I was feeling that way. And so that's that's where the growth comes, and that's where this talking about this really is beneficial because it helps us to understand this emotion and to grow from it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Annette. I think that uh, we have to realize that we're all we're always going to get angry. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times when we're very angry, and and again, it comes back down to how am I going to react or how am I going to respond? And and so I want listeners, I want you to think for a moment about a time that you got angry, and let's let's kind of talk about that and whether or not uh, you reacted or whether or not you responded. To that anger, let me let me give you a situation here. You know, when when things were tight earlier in our marriage, you know, Christmas was always a difficult time, and the fact that uh, we we had we we wanted to buy wonderful gifts for our children, and and uh, that was that was something that uh, we we really looked forward to. Well, I remember one time when one of our sons got a brand new bike for Christmas. And I went outside on the 26th of December in the snow. And guess what was out laying in the snow? His new bike. And and I remember getting angry with him and uh, just watching him as he realized that he had made a mistake. That uh, his choice of leaving his bike outside was not a wise choice. But I, I have to reflect back now and ask myself, how did I respond to that situation? I, I probably yelled at him a little bit. Uh, I, I explained to him that uh, that Santa Claus can't continue to bring you new things and you not take care of them. <laughs> and and I think as a result that uh, he may have been a little bit afraid and didn't want to talk to me about it. Uh, you know, he loved his bike, but he made a he made a decision that was just a bad decision. Now I I asked myself, did I react or did I respond? I reacted. Mm -hmm. What I could have done differently was respond in a way that, Reed, you know, it's important that that you keep your bike 
out of the snow. He probably didn't know any better, but he needed to keep it out of the snow so that it would last longer and so that uh, it wouldn't rust. But that was a teaching moment for me. Right. And, and I mean, how many children know that it would harm their bike to be out, out there? And he was always so excited to, you know, be playing and doing different things. And, and he wasn't that old. Right. But it, it really does help us in, in, in learning how to respond. So uh, another thing, you know, is realizing how anger escalates. You know, you talk mm-hmm. about this, and maybe that was something, if you had a, a thermometer and, you know, the heat is rising as you're reacting, if we think about things like that, or do we stay cool and respond to the situation or the problem. I, I, I love, first of all, before you go further, I love that analogy of the thermometer because have you noticed that uh, as you get hotter and hotter, your blood begins to boil mm-hmm. and uh, you begin to say things and to react with things that you normally wouldn't do. <laughs> and the, I mean, it, it's, it's a real, it's a real physical thing that happens. To so, our bodies. So what escalates some of those things? Oh, the accusations, the mm. arguing, you know, while angry. That doesn't do anybody any good. Yelling and screaming and shouting. Dwelling on the hurt feelings. Oh, oh that's a big man. one. Or I'm going to get you back. And just planning, how can I get revenge? Wow, that's a big one, isn't it? It is. And even, you know, engaging it in any form of violence. You know, you see you see so many things on the news and the violence that, that is happening now. And it's just like, really over that? Things just escalate. And, and when we get to this hot, hot anger, we don't... We don't make good decisions and um, in any in any way. Yeah, and so let's talk about some tools that can maybe cool that anger down a little bit. Counting to 10. Oh, I mean, how many times have we done that or have we heard that? Count to 10 before you make a decision or, maybe, or before you make an accusation. Or maybe even putting myself in timeout. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know what? Uh, I just have to say this. When our kids were little, when we put them in timeout, it was a hard thing. Sometimes I wouldn't mind being put in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gave, I mean, seriously, because, you know, the kids are yelling and screaming and they're in timeout and and you just hear them and it doesn't really help. It doesn't help, didn't help me to cool down. But what did help me to cool down was to remove myself from the situation and just breathe. Sometimes it was listening to just some some calm music or going outside, you know, praying, all sorts of things. And then coming back and responding to the situation. So that's that's great. And again, I keep on thinking back of your analogy of the thermometer. Mm-hmm. And the mercury in that thermometer at some point has to go lower. You know, it's interesting. If you think about uh, a thermostat on a car, 
maybe not so much anymore, but in the old cars, when we were growing up, every radiator had a thermostat. And sometimes if you were running low on, on coolant, it would get hotter and hotter. And the next thing you know, that uh, thermostat would blow and you'd see cars off the side of the road with their engines up and steam coming out of the engine. That meant that the uh, car got too hot. Oh, with the hood up. Uh, what would I say? Engine up. <laughs> with the engine up. No, no, that'd be difficult. But uh, with the hood <laughs> up, you, you'd see, you would see people just standing next to their car frustrated. And, and I think that our bodies are the same way. Each of us have an internal thermostat. And each of us have sometimes that thermostat's going to blow. And we have to find those tools that will take that temperature back down. And some of the things that you mentioned, taping, taking deep breaths. For me, it's listening to calming music. Uh, you know, making, making sure that I'm going outside and enjoying the beauties of nature. But... In the midst of a problem, you know, we're talking, we're in it. You know, something just happened. And yeah, it's great to go out and do it. But what, this is where you need to plan ahead. Plan ahead for those tools, those things that will help you to be able to de-escalate Cool your internal thermostat, and um, and you know pull back until you can later respond appropriately. You know I've shared this quote with you before. Uh, it's by Thomas Montz, and he said that uh, when the time for decision arrives, the time for preparation is past. And. S- Well, so one of the things I'm thinking here is that, you know, friends, this is a time to pause again. This is a time to to just think and ponder and write down some things that you can do to cool down, to de-escalate so that you can, you know, your your thermostat, you're not going to blow. We want to stop this before you blow. And and so that's something that that we'd like you to, to ponder or do here. But we also would like you to just take a few minutes and think back about different experiences where anger has has risen. And maybe you responded or you reacted and you didn't respond. What was the emotion behind the anger? Because I think nine times out of 10, there is an emotion behind the, the anger that really isn't attached to the situation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Anna. And I think that that uh, we, we get placed in a situation, and I'll give you a classic example. Everything in the world is polarized right now. We wake up in the morning, we turn on the television, and the first thing that we see is what happened while we were sleeping in Ukraine? What is happening around the world with different conflicts? And sometimes we begin our day with that thermostat already being very high. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to be very careful that the one next thing that could happen, and this happens to me sometimes, I'll be driving into town, into work, and someone will cut me off. Now, if I've already had a lousy morning, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, we need to go take your car in because 
I got a chip in the windshield yesterday oh, morning. Great. Uh, and before, you know, and I was not happy because there was a big pickup truck that had little rocks falling out the back of it. And I was not happy with that person. You know, I started my day listening to the news. That was my first mistake. Uh-huh. Instead of doing something a little bit more mindful, like exercising, like meditating, like going for a walk. And so that put an already hotter thermostat, even hotter, when that uh, rock hit the uh, the windshield. And I noticed that there was a, a little crack in it. I can only imagine how you responded in the car. Actually, you know what? You'd have been proud of me on that. I actually did a pretty good job. There. Good. I didn't say anything. I didn't. I didn't use my hands to show them that I was upset <laughs> because I knew from some of the tools that I was studying for this particular lesson that I needed to be calm. And and I looked at all of the options that I had. Okay, well, before it gets any worse, I just need to go down to the glass door and have them fix this, this is, crack. This is good, but I've got to I've got to clarify something. If you're not watching this, I, I I demonstrated how Mark raises his hands in this. <laughs> he doesn't raise his hands inappropriately. Using an inappropriate finger gesture, it's very different. <laughs> but it's it's just it's just one of my mechanisms that I, that I use, and I and I've got to get away from that because that makes it even worse. Because I kind of tease him about it. It's yeah, been going do. on his, our whole married life. So, <laughs> so, so really, as we look at choosing to respond to anger in different ways, you know, we all have different triggers. We all have different situations. For me, it's the impatience. And Annette will smile and laugh because she knows that that's probably one of my biggest triggers is impatient drivers. And it's important to recognize that there's a connection between your anger as well as your individual agency and, and that everything happens in our life. We, we might feel anger, but we're also able to choose how we respond to those feelings of anger. You know, we... There, there are so many different words we could we could use. You know, we're embarrassed, we're resentful, we're shamed, we're hopeless, we're guilty, we're uh, ent- we feel entitled. Maybe we feel hurt. Maybe we're nervous or threatened. Maybe we're lonely. Maybe we're hungry. You know, we we all have these different emotions. Anger, anger. Oh yeah, you know we see that one a lot. Unmet expectations. All of these things are triggers that uh, can make the situation even worse. So there really is this connection between anger and agency, isn't there? There, there really is. And, and again, you know, using using that quote that I that I shared with you a minute ago is that when the time for decision arrives, the time for preparation is past. And that time for preparation is what we're talking about right now, because there will be more times when someone gets, you know, I I could have looked at the situation maybe a little bit differently. Maybe I was following too close to the back of that truck. Uh, You know, granted, maybe that truck was irresponsible because uh, they had loose gravel in the back, but maybe I was a little bit too close. And so as I have a chance to, like you said, count to 10 for a minute before I respond, then I will realize very often that maybe it was as much my fault as it was someone else's. And that will change and temper the uh, the response that I have in that given situation. And 
I, and I really appreciate that, Mark, and, and the difference of, of thinking and, and how we can respond. It, it shows growth. It shows that, you know, each of us, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us go through life, you know, making sure that every detail is taken care of, that any pebbles that are left in the bed of our truck has been cleaned out so that we aren't going to cause a problem. I mean, that's wonderful if you do, but I'm not there yet. You know, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to improve. And I think, friends, so are you. That's why you're listening to these podcasts is that you're wanting to learn and grow and improve in life. And so give yourself a break. So I want to address two different ends of the spectrum just for a second. Before we move forward, you know, I think of of ways that uh, I can react uh, Mm -hmm. more positively. And and one of the ways to react positively is through humor. And, uh, you know, let's let's find ways that uh, we can find humor in the difficult situations, not to the point where it's strange. You know, I've seen people before who have been placed in a very difficult situation and they laugh. That's that's their mechanism. But let's make sure that it's an authentic laugh. Let's make sure that we're really addressing the issues that, uh, that, that are important to address and not just make that a nervous laughter that uh, comes as a result of not knowing how to respond. Does that make sense? It does. Because there are, there are those that have, I mean, we use it. And I don't think we, and consciously we use, we use laughter in, as a way for us as a family to deal with stressful things. So I always appreciated in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, where in Proverbs 17, 22, it says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. (laughs) I love that. How come I haven't known that one? uh, and, and, and And that's important. But the other side of the spectrum is is how anger can sometimes lead to violence and abusive behavior. This is a very serious situation. Domestic violence is different than just having minor disagreements in our lives. And no one is expected to endure abusive behaviors or violence in their lives. When that begins to happen, there is some serious need for you and for the abuser to to recognize the wrongness in in their doings. And you do not need to stay in that situation. It's not appropriate. You need to become make sure you're safe, your children are safe, and and you need to take appropriate net measures for that. While there may be instances that um, reconciliation can happen, that healing may need to happen with boundaries and separate. And just because um, healing and forgiveness and repentance has happened does not mean that there are no boundaries. So well said, well, well said. Uh, And when those kind of situations occur, professional help is uh, very often needed, but at a minimum, make sure that you put yourself in a space, a safe spot. Uh, That might mean that you you need to leave for a little while. It may 
may mean that you need to invite the other person to leave uh, for a little while. And uh, then while emotions begin to uh, become less hot, then better conversations can take place. But don't forget that there are helplines, that there are abuse helplines. There are other areas, whether it's uh, someone civilly, whether it's a whether it's a trusted friend or advisor, whether it's uh, someone someone uh, in in a professional capacity or a clergy, these are people that can help you to 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 find the resolution that is necessary in an abusive situation. And one thought when you mentioned invite them to leave, make sure you're not alone when that happens. You know, you may need to have have um, you know, others there to protect you and, and ensure that, that you're safe. So let's just for a minute diagram a situation. And, and uh, you know, we, we, need to, uh, we, we need to understand what those triggers are. You know, what, what are the triggers? And, and how am I going to find ways to release uh, the physical frustrations that I have? For me yesterday in driving into work, uh, the, the trigger was that uh, the, uh, the driver dropped those rocks on the road. Uh, you know, how did I respond? I probably responded a little bit better because I was listening to calming music at the time when that happened. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I felt that this person did not respect me. And, you know, feeling those feelings of, I can't believe that they would leave these rocks in the back of their truck and be so irresponsible I felt like I wasn't respected. And for a moment, I was a little bit tense. And it would have been easy for me in in a uh, difficult situation to call that person an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe that you did that. How irresponsible. But I found that uh, as, I, as I was breathing easier, as I was listening to that calming music, that uh, the situation didn't escalate like it perhaps could have. Well, so many things there that that I appreciate you sharing and and it's amazing the difference in our life because I it would be interesting to see how you would have reacted had you been listening to to the news the ongoing um, horrific news that we're we're hearing if your response would have been different and I kind of believe it would have and and so. Friends, set yourself up to respond in a winning, appropriate way. And when I say set yourself up, it's doing the the little, the dailies. It's doing those things that allow you to put yourself in that frame of mind, that situation that throughout the day, you're going to have opportunities to respond appropriately versus react. Well, well said. So as we as we conclude our conversation about overcoming anger, let's just review just really quickly some of the things that we've learned there. We've, we've learned how to understand anger. We've learned that uh, anger is something that uh, is probably going to happen to all of us at different times in our lives. We talked about how uh, realizing how our anger can escalate if, if we're not careful and if we don't have those uh, those ways that uh, we can incorporate, those tools that we can incorporate into our lives. 
This is the one that I really like, understanding the emotions behind the anger. Yeah, and, and realizing that the anger itself is not necessarily the emotion that was caused by that particular situation. What is the underlying cause? Exactly. We, we've talked about uh, you know how we can choose to respond to anger in different ways. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fact of uh, reacting versus responding. And uh, how different those two those two words are, and how different those two emotions, and and how we can how we can deal with that uh, particular anger issue, can it can help us be better? And and then lastly, learning that we do have the ability to manage our anger in a much greater way as we strive to become more peaceful, more happy recognizing that those anger issues are always going to be there, but how we deal with them is going to make all the difference in the world. It really is. Well, this has been a fun conversation. Well, listeners, thank you. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, managing addictive behaviors. Be thinking about that. You know, when I think about addictive behavior, sometimes we think about situations such as uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, maybe pornography abuse, things like that. Those are things that uh, are, are, are really out there when it comes to addictive behaviors. But let's talk about some of the smaller things. Am I eating too much? Am I sleeping too less, too little? Am I exercising too much? Right, or, or too little. Or too little. Really, it's any extreme. There, there are a lot of addictive behaviors that are, that are out there that we want to talk about. But we want to thank you more than anything else for being with us today. We hope that you have appreciated the conversation uh, that we've had today about overcoming anger. We've talked about some, some great tools that you can use. Each of us have a story to share. Each of us have emotions and anger. Each of us have difficulties in our lives that we have to deal with. And when we hear those stories and those experiences from our guests and how they've been able to combat and how they've been able to, and I think that's an important word, how they've been able to combat uh, and fight for gaining the resolution, gaining the independence that they seek in their lives, we've been encouraged we are totally inspired by some of the things that we hear every single day from you as you have told us how you've incorporated these tools into your lives. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load and, and uh, Trail Angels in our communities through social media as we are there to share not only our experiences, but the experiences with others as well. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Bye.